veterans out there, thank you for your service. This is the Street Smart Mental Health Podcast. We are coming to you, as always, from the Lou Fuse Automotive Group Studio. My name is Michael Wellington, and the man across the table from me is my tag team partner. Many of you know him as the Natty King. His name is Brandon McNamee. Brandon, what's going on, brother? Hey, how you doing, fella? Doing good, man. Really good. Really excited about... Uh, Happy the- Sunday. Yeah, same to you. Really excited about the guests we have today. We've got uh, a gentleman who's going to talk to us about mental health and business. He's going to talk to us a little bit about diet, about the booze, and about the subject of tough love. This is the one and only Nick Sanso. Nick, welcome to Street Smart. How are you? Good, Michael. Good to be here with you. Thanks so much for making the time to come out and be with us. You know, one of the things I wanted to touch on immediately is if people don't know I recognize your name. You're a principal at the uh, Sansone Group. As the story goes, your father started the Sansone Group downtown St. Louis, selling fruit on the side of the street. And Sansone Group is certainly a juggernaut in the commercial real estate business now, ranked inside the top 10 in a lot of different rankings uh, across the country. How many states are you guys in right now? We're in 23. Holy shit. Incredible. That's just incredible. I mean, started with your dad selling fruit. Yeah. Yeah, humble beginnings for sure. Amazing. Yeah, I love that kind of shit. Yeah, I mean, what a tremendous leader and mentor he. I had a chance to be around him quite a bit. He's no longer with us. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I had an uh, Sundays right a unique experience with him. I got to spend a lot of time with him in Florida the last four or five years before he passed. And yeah, we we got together a lot of days during the week. To be honest with you, at certain times I would meet him for church two or three times a week. This is your dad uh, talking about? Yeah, my dad was uh, 52 when I was born. So he's kind of a, a guy from a generation that we don't see anymore. And he passed when he was 93, and it was April 27, 2020. And so, but he was just a guy that was just full of wisdom, and he could connect with really anybody. And so he was down in Florida. Our home base is here in St. Louis, and Michael was down there, I guess, golfing, caddying, and doing yeah. the thing. And, you know, my dad and Michael would go to breakfast several times a week, sometimes after church on Sundays. Yeah, the, and, the routine was actually, awesome. it was actually during the week. Our, our routine oh, yeah. was he would text me and he would say, hey, I'm going to 8 o'clock mass or I'm going to 7 o'clock mass. And then I always would meet him and then we'd go to the Juno Beach Cafe and we'd grab breakfast. And I, I was lucky to sit there with him. And he was certainly a mentor and a friend at the same yeah. time. But I would get to hear all these stories about how your company started and the things he did to get it going. And then stories about you and your brothers and your dad was super sharp, had just an incredible awareness about him, not just for business, but just for people. No question. He knew how to connect with people. Yeah. Yeah. He was a really, really special man. And I'm, you know, very lucky that I uh, got to spend the amount of time with him that I did. He had instincts that people just don't have. Yes. People in our office say that when he spoke to them, they felt like they're the only person in the room. Oh, that's cool. You know, he just, and guy came from absolutely nothing, very, very little education, barely any money. His family came over from Sicily. And when I would ask him, man, how'd you do it? He'd always say he could control how hard he worked. And he just felt no matter how more educated his competition was, he knew he could outwork him because that was up to him. 
And so he always outworked everybody, he always kept his word. And through just working hard and being a good guy, he built up a hell of a company. Fucking right, man. Well, and I think that explains why now you guys are in 23 states. Yeah. His work ethic and his kind of vision was something that you just don't see very much anymore no, you these don't. days. You didn't. He was one of a kind. And as we get into more of this modern era, now we're in 2023, you're now a leader in the company. What kind of things are you doing to help your employees with their health in general and also their mental health? Because I think we'd all agree that in order for anybody to be successful, everything starts with your health. So are there specific things that you do, whether it's team yeah. building or events? Like, well, what kind of things are you, are you guys well, trying to do? I mean, and I think just to back up, one of the good things about today versus like when we were kids growing up is that people talk about this now. I mean, you guys having this podcast on on mental health is is badass. I mean, it's going to help a lot of people. But I mean, I'm 45. What are you, 45, 44? Yeah, so 40, when we 45. Were, when we were growing up, nobody talked about this kind of stuff. And so today it's acceptable to have these conversations. And so we've made a real push in our company towards physical well-being because we feel that everything starts from the physical and then it relates into your emotional and mental. And then it ultimately results in your performance in life and at work and everything else. And so we do things where we have, we had a thing called the force challenge where we had people sign up. A buddy of mine owns a gym called force. And basically they went in, they got their full body scan. They had their body fat and their muscle and all that evaluated. And we gave six weeks of unlimited workouts. We paid for it. Whoever signed up could do it. And basically they all competed. And after six weeks, they went in and they got their body scans and their fat and all that. And we saw who won and we did a big celebration for them. But we also, for those people that aren't as intense and aren't going to go to the gym every day and get their body scan and all that, we had another one called the Live Better Challenge, which was just about living a healthy lifestyle. So it was, I think it was drinking a gallon of water a day, reading 10 pages a day, doing 30 minutes of activity, whether it's going on a walk, one leadership touch towards somebody within their team, positive message, just going over there and picking That's them good. up. And so we did that on a point system and a ton of people signed up for that. Absolutely loved it. So the takeaway from all of that was we decided to, for this year, every team member associate, we don't call them employees, every team member and associate in our company, which is over 300, gets a gym membership. And it's either $30 credit up to like $120 credit. And so they can go to club fitness, they can, or they can go all the way to, up to something like lifetime fitness. And so we're doing the fitness memberships for everybody. And then um, on the mental health side, what we're doing is we're highlighting a benefit from our healthcare plan every month. And what we found within our healthcare plan is there are a lot of things for people that are dealing with mental illness and suffering. Yeah. There are these hotline numbers where you can call, where you can talk directly to a professional, like a licensed therapist. They can guide you in the direction that you need to go. There's a one-on-one -on -one Zoom that they can do also with a licensed person. So like... If anybody is suffering or down or dealing with seasonal depression, some of the plans that we have, they literally have three different options where they can either do a 1-800 number and they can get a professional, they can do a Zoom, or they can request an in-person. And one of the things we do as leadership is we highlight those different programs on a monthly basis. It's actually a video from myself or one of my brothers where we're talking to our people and we're like, hey, if you need help, it's cool. Here's what you can do take advantage of it. It's a lot of things we're doing. There's a lot more we can do, but 
it's just cool to be in a society today where people are actually talking about this yeah stuff. man i've never heard of an employer or a principal or whatever any doing anything like that yeah well you got to because and i bet your productivity is fantastic yeah and people appreciate it and our father always always ran our company um as a family you know it's a family business that started 65 years ago and dad always said it he's like these people are like your family absolutely and he's like treat them like family and that's why he's always big on our health care benefits being really good and that's actually how this came up yeah. we were all talking and I'm like, you know, dad always used to say how great our healthcare benefits are. I'm like, let's start showcasing what we have. And every month there's a new highlight with your healthcare plan, whether it's mental health month, smoking sensation month, there's like different things every month and we're highlighting them. But that came from our father. Man, that guy sounds like one of a kind. And you knew him before you knew him? So you met his No, dad. I knew Nick. Nick and I, you know, we went to school together from a young oh, age, but as we all got older... I was starting to go to Florida because of golf and Mr. Sansone, God rest his soul. He got me a job at his club working uh, one season and I was already kind of close with him. We had played golf, but when I was seeing him every day, I had this wonderful experience of, he would say, Hey, I'm going to be at church. Let's have breakfast after. And then that went on for like three years. So I got kind of a, I, I don't even want to call it a crash course because it was a, a spread out over the course of three winters or maybe even four winters. And I haven't talked about this before, but Nick was essential for me with my health issues. And Mr. Santone helped me when I had some health issues as well. So there's a lot of uh, connectivity there because of, you know, we were all friends, obviously, at first, but they knew when I was struggling that they needed to keep an eye on me. And one of the things we talk about in this podcast, most of all, is the support system that people right. have. And, that's, and, that's the, key. and Nick and his dad and his family have always been very supportive because they've not only have they seen my struggles, but they know so many people, their family's so big, they've seen a lot of different people struggle. So yeah, we have. they've been instrumental in getting me and helping to get me to a better place. And yeah, Nick's dad was uh, just a special dude. You could talk to him about business stuff. You could talk to him about sports. You could talk to him about women if you were dating. I mean, he was, he was great with advice. And like Nick said, he just had this sense. It was like a sixth sense of, uh, maybe even an awareness of just how to handle people and be around people. So. What, what made him such a great leader is that his humility. He never thought he was any better than anybody else and his compassion for people. He just genuinely gave a damn. That's like, you know, yeah. Mike was just my buddy. We were kids and Mike's like, hey, man, I want to get into this this club and I'd love to caddy there. And I called my dad. Dad didn't know Mike very well. And just like that, made just it happened. Helped. You know, no arrogance, no ego. And that's probably... I mean, the guy had a lot of attributes, but that's one of the best ones that uh, I hope he's taught us. Yeah. And to get to piggyback on that story, I asked Nick about going down to work at his father's club on like a Saturday. And I think by that next Monday or Tuesday, I had the head pro calling me and saying, hey, I got a job for you if you want it. That was the thing also that I, I really took from your dad was he never procrastinated he yes, he, he, on it. he pulled right. the trigger Great on everything yeah. it didn't matter if it was a business thing or a personal thing he just and that's why he was successful i you think nailed it because he didn't wait around you know? he's doing you it, wait, he doing it. it starts collecting on your desk when in it everything and everything you just get it yeah, yeah. And, and that was that's one of the things and i'll tell you this when i birdies for bipolar is now almost 10 years old and there was times in those first four or five years when i was I was struggling with, should I keep doing this? Right. And I would always think of Nick's dad 
And I would think, well, what do you think he was thinking when he was downtown slinging fruit right. on the side of the road, right? And now look what it's turned into. I mean, he's just a great example of grit, perseverance, and definitely was never somebody that thought he was better than anybody else, even though he did have a lot of success. That stuff never went to his head. Well, and you had guys had asked about like our company and what we're doing. And we started it with the physical, just getting people in shape and having these different challenges where they got to eat better and they got to eat healthier. But like, I firmly believe my brothers and I firmly believe that if you're healthy physically, if what you're putting into your body, the food, depending on if you're hydrated, like you're mentally going to feel better. And so everybody suffers with some form of, if we call it mental illness or mental struggle, but you got to put yourself in a position to be able to withstand that. And one of the easiest ways to do it that you're in control of is keeping yourself in shape and regulating what goes in and out of your body. That's what I got to get better on, man. I got to get better at that shit. Yeah, Nick, I'm glad you brought that up because admittedly, I'm not on Instagram, but a lot of my friends follow you on Instagram. They love your content. And one of the things that most of the time when people send me stuff that you're doing, a lot of it is about diet. Yeah. It's about, yeah. and I know I've known you for a long time. I, I know you food. love to eat. <laughs> so like, what? and I know as we've all gotten older, we've tried to figure out what things are better for us to eat. But what, what are some of the things that you've learned in the last, let's say, five to seven years about diet and, and about what to put in your body? Yeah, we always growing up, like always worked out and stuff, but I got really serious about it around, I guess when I turned about 40, I met this guy out in LA Dude's one of the best built guys I've ever seen, Michael Hearn. He's like been on more covers of magazines other than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. He's got the second record of being on magazines besides Schwarzenegger. Guy's like a legend. I became buddies with him. Where'd was, you meet him at? I was going out to LA for work and they worked out at that Gold's Gym in Venice, which is like- mm, There's some for, decent for, scenery for, there. Yeah, yes. And for the meatheads, that's like, you know, heaven on Fucking earth. Fucking paradise. And I'm a meathead. But- we became buddies and, you know, this guy lived a lifestyle that I had not seen before. I mean, he worked out every day at 4 a.m. So he was getting up every day at three. He never had a cheat meal. I mean, he was extreme. He is extreme, but in a, in a good way, extremely healthy. Everything you put in his system is planned out and structured. So I started working with him. Now he's on one end of the spectrum and that's not how I do it, but I started working with him and he was a really good influence on nutrition and how to properly take care of yourself. And then the other event I think that escalated my focus on health was after my dad's passing because dad had always said, Hey, son, I think you're drinking too much. You're drinking too much, you know, slow down on the drinking. Yeah. And so when he passed, there's this program, you guys are probably familiar with it, 75 Hard. Of course. Andy Frisella started it. And 75 days you go, no drinking, drink a gallon of water a day, read 10 pages, work out twice a day. One of them has to be outside. No cheat meals. No cheat meals. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know what? Dad passed. I'm like, I'm going to do this. And I remember at the time, like thinking of going 75 days without drinking. That's what, yeah. Like for me. Right. I love my beers. It seemed like, I'm, like how, in the f how am I going to do that? Right. But I had a great motivation in that my father had passed away. So I was doing it for him. Right. And you know, when your motivation's outside yourself, it's far more powerful. And so I just, I did it. But I remember like the first few social events I went to, the first one was my dad's celebration of life. Oh, shit. Party that I oh. hosted at my home. You got to have some beers then. Yeah. Usually. I was, I was freaking out. Like, how am I going to do this and not drink? And I didn't. 
I think I probably smoked 12 cigars. So, but <laughs> got to have something. Yeah. I mean, probably would have been better off drinking. Yeah. But probably, uh, yeah, it would have been healthier. To- <laughs> yeah. But I got through it. So, anyway, that kind of that started this. It's like you don't know what you don't know. And as I started doing that and I started going to more events, I kind of started liking the way I felt the next morning because I wasn't hungover. Yeah. And, I kind of liked the way I was handling myself at these events because I wasn't shit faced, blacked out and I was yeah. clear and I was having, and I was still having a good time. And so that has led to a more healthy lifestyle for me. So in short, in, in terms of how I do it, I think it's all balance. A lot of people will go keto where they do no carbs at all. And it's just like straight protein and they never have a cheat meal or anything else. I'll do balanced carbs. I'll do protein like chicken and steak. The carbs I'll do is potatoes, sweet potatoes, white rice, that kind of thing. Low glycemic carbs. And I go real easy on sugar. And I regulate kind of how I'm looking and how I'm feeling. If I go a month and I've been hardcore religious with it and I've been on point, I've been hitting my workouts every day. On a Sunday, I'll go have a big bowl of pasta. I'll go have a burger. I'll go have a pizza. But the thing that keeps me in check, honestly, for me, is that 75 hard program. I will do that once or twice a year. And so you do that twice a year, at least one third of your year, you're absolutely perfect. And then once you start doing that, it becomes a lifestyle. I mean, I'd say that when I'm not doing that program in a week, if you're supposed to work out, if working out two days a week, I'd probably say four to five times in the week, I'm doing two day workouts because it just becomes a lifestyle. It's just part. Of, so yeah, that, so that's where I was ignorant. I was talking to Mike uh, the other day, we were going to Best Buy and I was telling him, I was like, shit, man, you know, you've heard of the, you, I don't think you'd heard of the 75 hard. I was explaining it to you. Maybe right. you had, but so I'm explaining it to him and I'm like, yeah, I just don't, I was like, I kind of write, wrote it off. I'm like, I, and I said, I'd like to get something that's more of a lifestyle for me. Like if I'm going to pick something, I want it to be something, not just some fucking super crash diet real quick, some super crash program. I was like, I want to do something that I'm going to, for the rest of my life that I can do like a routine, a lifestyle change. But I didn't realize that probably propels you into doing that new lifestyle. 100%. So that's where I was ignorant with that is I, I wrote, I've been writing it off completely. I'm like, why the fuck would I do that? Let's find something different. That's going to work for me always. Well, that it, teaches it, it's, you. A, it's teaching. Yeah. And it's teaching you discipline, yeah. you know, and, and, I, and discipline is a muscle in your brain, no different than a bicep in your arm. Yeah. You got to work it. And so to work it, that program is a practice of discipline. That makes us so much more sense to me yeah. now that you've said that. But I guess my limiting belief, my problem is that I'm thinking 75 days from now, I got my birthday. I got St. Patrick's Day. Oh, I got fucking... Daylight savings time Super when it goes Bowl. back to my favorite time. Yeah, yeah. I got Super Bowl. Yeah. So I got, I'm I like, got oh, a, I'll wait I got till a ski fucking... trip to Aspen. I got yeah. a uh, I got a trip to Vegas. Yeah. I've got a work retreat in Panama. I've got uh, a work retreat next week in Scottsdale. And I'm doing 75 hard right now. Now, I've done it now for three years. But several years back, I'd be freaking out. And what you realize is there is no good time to start. Yeah, I've, I've, I think always I, is there because I've been meaning to do it for about a year now. But and, then you also realize you can actually have a really good time. I actually, I mean, I still have, without having, I mean, I'll still yeah. have a drink, but like right now I'm not for 75 hard. But when I'm going out and I'm not drinking, I really am entertained by people that are drinking. Yes. It is hysterical. Well, I haven't had a drink in about 11 years. <laughs> right. And so I've, I've had a lot, there's been a lot you of know. comedy produced right. by other people when they just get smashed. But when you're drinking, you don't realize that no. this is out there. It's unreal. Yeah. And there's, um, it's almost like you don't know what you don't know. And there's, 
there's a lot of ways to be, and there's, listen, I'm not knocking drinking. Like it's, if people want to go out and have drinks, awesome. But there's a lot of ways to be happy and fulfilled besides just going out and getting blasted, going out and not drinking. Like last night I went to dinner, I went to the blues game and it was awesome. I didn't drink. But the difference is I was able to get up early this morning and knock out a workout. So like that gave me fulfillment as opposed to going out last night and just getting hammered and then sleeping all day today. Yeah. So it's just, there's different ways of happiness. And even in doing that hard stuff, like a 75 hard or the Eve before Christmas Eve, I decided to, it was 20 below outside and I decided to just go walking and see how fucking, long I could walk. Fucking maniac. And I started at 6.45. In the morning? Uh, PM. PM. And I went to about 2.30 in the morning, and I did about 25 miles. Oh, my God. Are you that's, kidding me? Dude, no. I couldn't even go wow. to my fucking car to get my kids' presents out of it. Well, but here's, <laughs> but here's the thing. It's not like I'm Billy Badass or something. It's actually, and this might seem weird, but there's actually fulfillment in it. Because as you're doing something like that, that's tough. I wanted to just see how far I could go and just kind of get to that point where I wanted to quit. And as you do that, I probably hit five different times where I wanted to quit. And I remember where I was. I was on Manchester Road at one point. I'm like, just walking down the side of the road. Yeah, people had to think I was out of my mind. (laughs) Like, hey, give this guy a quarter. Nobody saw you, though. Nobody was out there. (laughs) Sir, do you need a ride? Do you need a warm meal? I wanted to quit. And then... I had some good music on. I had my. Yeah, I, we we talk about music in here, dude. Right. All it, the time. it comes up. It's yeah. come up on every Man, single podcast so far. Okay. Music therapy. I put on some. I was listening to everything from Temptations to freaking rap to old school rock. Did, did you so, turn on the Rocky Four soundtrack? Because you're can, with what you're explaining, <laughs> oh you, it's like channeling the, uh, the Rocky Four the symphony. The symphony. Yeah, when he's down the mountain all yeah. day. Yeah, yeah. But it was interesting about the quitting part because. I wanted to reach that point where you feel like you're going to quit and then you see how much more you have. Well, when I wanted to quit the first time, it was like on Manchester Road, I put in a good song and I just kind of kept going. And after about 10 minutes, that feeling went away and it didn't come back for another two hours. That happened like four or five times. So there's fulfillment in seeing what your limit is and then going past it because you learn about yourself. And then when you're done, you feel great. You feel accomplished. Oh. You feel satisfied. So yeah. like everyone's always talking about, oh, get comfortable with doing hard stuff. And, you know, they kind of come from this ego macho mentality. Mm-hmm. And for me, I kind of like doing it because you, it gives you fulfillment. You, you feel happy. Yeah. Because after you do something really, really hard, you feel great about yourself. Got yeah. a huge sense of accomplishment. A huge sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Oh. So it's fulfillment. We've covered a lot of things here. Let's take a quick break and come back to Street Smart. We've been here for over 70 years, giving back to community charities, local organizations, and youth athletics. And now we're the official automotive sponsor of St. Louis City SC. We've been here, providing the best car buying experience to our customers. Lou Fuse, we are here with the respect you deserve for 70 years and counting. Welcome back to Street Smart. Let's dig back in. You said something back there I wanted to definitely talk about. You said motivation outside yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, this is something that I had to accept when I was struggling with my health. I finally realized, hey, this is more 
about the people in my support system and respecting them. It's everything. And trying to get myself healthy to thank them for all the work they put in to get me to a healthier place, right? And I think people listening, they got to understand, like, if you're struggling with alcohol or a mental illness or addiction, yes, you want to get well for yourself, but what about all the other people around you? I think people forget about the people around them and that can serve as, a, like you just said, a bigger motivation. It's everything. I am so glad you touched on that because my circle of people that I have to like keep me straight is everything. And so you got to, your circle, you got to be really careful who's in your circle. That's, that's a big, big thing. But in terms of motivation outside yourself, you know, I got that from some of my buddies that are SEALs. And I just ask them, how did you get through Hell Week? Like, how did you get through that whole thing? All of them always were like, I didn't want to let my teammate down. It was because of the other guy. And so when, you're huh, mo when your motivation is bigger than you, because your ego is nothing, but when you're doing something outside of yourself in business, if you're doing it for your people, if you're doing it to carry on the legacy of your dad, if you're doing it for your communities, it's far more powerful than just doing it for yourself. Because at some point, doing something just for yourself wears off. Right. Like, and I want to do this so, like, so I look good in a swimsuit. Yeah, like, okay, I mean, that's, that's only going to get you... Yeah to, you know, on a one to 10, if you're trying to get to 10, that'll get you to like three. Right. And, but you know how I had no you, choice. Right. I mean, for many years, as Nick saw in the front row, I struggled with this bipolar and it just kept grabbing me and, and I couldn't really get away from it. But then once I realized after it just punched me in the mouth so many times, like I had to get well for my family and for my friends who all spent their time and energy to bring me to a healthier place. You mentioned ego. Certainly, I can speak in, on bi when it comes to bipolar. Yeah, bipolar yeah. is just right. an inflation of the ego. And that's when, when the ego is involved, you're all about yourself. You're selfish. And Correct. it took me a long time to realize that. But then when I realized, okay, I got to get better for all these people. And then not only do I have to get better, I've got to stay well. Because I don't want to have my family and my friends continuing to have to waste their time out of their day to like bring me to a hospital or make sure I'm not on the side of the road with no clothes on. And I think that once I realize, and hopefully people out there can understand, you got to do something for other, this is, you're doing it for other people. You're trying to be well for other people. And I think the ego just, it's really nasty. The ego can be nasty. Hugely. And I mean, I think that's like in life, the whole thing is doing for other people. I mean, you want to leave a legacy in life so that other people can learn from that, be impacted from that, have fulfilled lives. And so if you're somebody out there and you're suffering from mental illness and you're like, man, I'm just done. I want to throw in the towel. Think about your wife. Think about your husband. Think about your kids. Think about your family or your friends, what that will do to them. And sometimes that's all you can do to keep you moving forward. Mm -hmm. is thinking outside yourself. But even if you're like not suffering from mental illness or anything else, I think thinking outside of yourself is the greatest motivation you can have in, for getting in shape, for kicking ass in business, for just living your life. It's yeah. very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other things I wanted to touch on for sure today, and this is something I got a feeling that you might have learned this from your dad, but I want to hear your take on this. So one of the things that worked for me, and you were part of the team that helped me get healthy, was tough love. This idea of, hey, we're not just going to pat you on the back and say it's going to be okay. There were times when this gentleman right here to my right, he had to tackle me 
and put me in his car and get me to a hospital because I was not well. Now, that's the very definition of tough love. And I can remember, this is funny, I can remember a conversation one time. Nick was uh, in law school at the time. And I was in the hospital at Barnes Hospital, right? And I'm there for who knows who knows which day this was. But I remembered Nick's phone number, so I called him from the hospital, and I was kind of fucking with him. I was kind of I was pissed because he helped get me to the hospital, right? I didn't realize that that's what I needed at the time. Sure. And I said, you know, this is fucking bullshit. You know, why'd you why'd you do that? Why'd you get me here? And I'm fine. And he's like, Mike, I'm studying for the bar exam right now in a library. You're in a mental hospital. You're not fine. We'll talk later. <laughs> then, then the next day he I mean, shows. That's a good yeah, and the next day he shows up at the hospital with, with, an, with, with an Emo's pizza. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, right. now, but what I'm getting at here that. is that certain people, Jeez. and I was one of them, respond to that. They yeah. respond to, "Hey, I'm going to respond better to get kicked in the ass than I am to get patted on the back." So. In addition to Nick helping me, Nick and I have also collaborated to help some other people that struggled with different things. Yeah, you've been incredible. And our approach was always, hey, we're going to have some tough love. We're going to say things that maybe you're not going to like. We might cuss at you. We might tell you you're acting like a moron. But eventually, that seemed to turn out pretty well for myself and other people that we tried to work with. What's your thought on tough love? Well, what I love about you too, Mike, is like what you went through with your bipolar battles and that is you, you've taken extreme ownership uh, and accountability for it. And then you've leveraged that now to help several people, like you said, that I've introed you to that you've just helped out, but you're dead on. It came from our dad and it comes down to ownership and self-accountability and there it is. just taking responsibility for your stuff. And I feel that as human beings, we have a duty to give this life our absolute best shot we have. And our father thought that. And so when you see one of your good friends, you know, you and I are like brothers suffering and you know that mental illness is not them, but at the same time, they have a responsibility to do something about it. No matter how fucking hard that is to do something about it. If you're in that hospital, allow those doctors to do what they need to do. If they're giving you medication, take that damn pill every morning, just like you would for high cholesterol. And if you know you suffer from mental illness and you know that what you eat is going to have an impact on how you feel, put good food in your system. So, yeah, it comes down to ownership and accountability. And that's how he was. He was very tough with it. I remember when we would go into his office, my brother Jim always tells the story. Jim went into him with a problem. And was telling my dad the problem. And after he got done, my father said, are you done? And he said, yeah. He goes, get the fuck out of my office. And Jim's like, what? What are you talking about? He goes, don't ever come into my goddamn office with a problem without a solution. So it again, it's ownership. It's mm-hmm. accountability and it's tough Absolutely. love. It's no different than in mental illness, man. It's like, if you know you're suffering, if you know you've got a problem, That's why we tell our people, pick up the phone and make that phone call. We've got resources for you. Join one of those challenges and get your ass in shape. Come talk to somebody, pick up the phone and call your friend. That you only can get someone to do through saying, that's your life. It's your duty to make the best of it. We realize you're suffering from something, but God damn it, make something happen and take it on. Right. Yeah. You said accountability there. That's it's all accountability. I had a friend of mine from Chicago. His name is... James Bernard Connors, he, he said this perfectly one time. He said, you know, 
it's easy to point the finger at other it. people, but it's hard to point the thumb at yourself. I know. And I know when I heard that, and that was kind of in the middle of my challenges with bipolar, that really resonated with me. Like, you got to take it on and hold yourself accountable. If you don't, everything's going to suffer. And you've done that, man. I well, mean, I didn't have a you, choice. Yeah, you well, know? you did have a choice, but you know, you chose to do it, which is pretty incredible. True. I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I, but at the same time, because I have this. Do people know your story? Yeah. I mean, like it's, what you went through and everything, because um, it's about as tough as it is. We, uh, we did it. We recorded a whole almost hour of yeah. me interviewing him the other day. We're going to put that out there. Yeah, man. Because he uh, can get through what he went through. I anybody had, can, you know? Me and Mike, I mean, we met two months ago. Looking at him now, I'm like, I, I can't believe that's that's not the same guy. That's not <laughs> you're, you're not like alone. You, I'm like, you fucking for beating your car with a bat. I told him the bat. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I'm like, that's not. I but Mike, Mike, amazing. Mike works at it every day. He works. Mm -hmm. I mean, you work yeah, on your I, health. I have to. Your what you yeah. what you eat, all that. Yeah. And you've done. I know you've done the saunas, the steams, the meditations, all yeah. the different things, right? I mean, I've got. I think right now, as we sit here today, I think I've got 27 days in a row where I've worked out. Yeah, and you have a whole routine too. Don't yeah, you? And, and I have to though. Yeah, for me to feel good. I need to have the exercise and I got to eat right. I got to get the right amount of sleep and I can't put alcohol in. And, and again, like you said earlier, I'm not against drinking. Like I had a great time drinking for many right, years, right? right? But I understand for me personally, alcohol wasn't going to do well for me because it was going to exacerbate a little bit of my, I have an acute case of bipolar, which means I have acute depression. So, you know, I want to keep the, the alcohol out for me, but I mean, I still would go to a bar and hang out with my friends. But yeah. I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit on this podcast, playing sports growing up and learning how to be competitive has helped me be competitive against you take it on. my disorder. Yeah. I told Brandon this the other day, like, I'm going to have a match or a game every day against bipolar. And not only am I going to win, I'm going to, I want to blow out bipolar. I want to run up the score. You That's know, so I, I want to make sure that yeah. like, yeah, and I just want to help people understand that like, as crazy, and Nick saw it. Nick saw it as close as anybody. As crazy as bipolar can be and is, it is manageable, which is wild. Because so many people get the diagnosis and they're like, "Well, I'm fucked. I'm cursed. That's what it. am I going to do?" Right. Well, you're the general of your own thoughts at the end of the day. Well said. And when you have that other voice, that bitch voice, I call it. True. That's constant, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. But I do it. I take it on like you take on bipolar. I actually now, it's just an awareness thing. I can hear it. And I'm like, oh, there's a bitch voice. Huh? Fuck you. I'm oh, shutting you down. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so it's a fight with that. It's oh. a fight with that. But in your chances of winning that fight, get better when you get sleep, when you get in a routine that works for you. I have to do a workout at 5 a.m. every day. If I don't, I'm screwed up. Some people journal. I don't journal every day. I'll do it three or four times a week. It helps me. Like you said, getting sleep eating good. I can go out and have a drink or two. Sometimes I'll have more than that. But like, if I go and drink, I only drink tequila because I don't like to mix all these other things with it. For me, it's not as bad the next day, but like yeah. everybody, it's all subjective. It's all what works for you, but you got to put yourself in a position to be able to succeed. And it's like people that are suffering with mental illness stuff. I think sometimes they think they're like on this Island and that nobody else deals with this shit and everyone's problems are subjective. I've got all kinds of shit that I have to deal with. Friends, family, everybody deals with their stuff. And it's all about just putting yourself in a position to be able to win and give your best any given day. And that just comes through self-awareness and knowing what works for you. Trial and error. I got to be honest. I needed to hear all this shit. Like, I'm glad we had you in today. Good, man. I mean, I mean that more than any, like, 
impactful shit. Like, I don't claim to be an expert on here. I hop on this Me podcast either, and I'm just like, look, dude, this yeah. is what I, I got my own struggles and shit. And I'm just here to talk with people. And we all do. I really needed to hear a lot of shit you said. And I think I'm ready to try and make some changes for myself, too. Yeah, it's an everyday battle. Yeah. Nobody's got it perfect. And then you 27 days in a row working out. Fuck. Yeah, I think that I mean, shit's that's, amazing, that's man. That's probably a, a new record for me, but I told myself I wanted to try and keep going and do as many as I could. But like Nick was saying, like you have to find what works for you. Right. right? Yeah, I've been struggling with finding what works for me. Yeah, yeah. And, that's and, the key, man. And that's why one of the reasons I want to do the podcast, we had somebody on the other day where this gentleman told us that one of the things he does before he goes to bed every night is he watches this old sitcom because yeah. it puts him in a good Relaxes, mood right? yeah before totally. he goes to bed right, right. so i, I want people TV. that's exactly yeah. what i mean said. I, I like you said like some people are that are listening like they're not going to be able to do 75 hard maybe but they're, don't do it yeah exactly, exactly. but you can find uh, i want people to hear things and be like okay i could do that but i don't know if i could do that yeah. but just things that they can try and i'll tell you one thing that everyone can do that at least for me helps in i can't even tell you going on a 45 minute walk outside regardless of the weather, man, I'll tell raining, you what, yeah. cold, whatever. You do that at night, at least for me, I digest the day. Our days can sometimes be stressful. It's good stress because it's business and we're fortunate to have activity in business. But like to be able to just go on a walk outside, look at some damn trees and grass, it's for me, game changing. That I agree with. I, uh, I stopped doing it when the weather fucking got cold. It, but it's actually better when it's I, cold because you just, all, you know, cold weather, walking out in cold weather, is easy just get the right gear yeah yeah that's it i uh yeah i started doing this lake oglesby park in wentzville it's like nobody even knows it's there it's got a big fucking like a half mile lake and it's just every go every morning at like 6 30 right so didn't you feel great up. when you were Fantastic. doing that Fantastic. right yeah. seeing that and i morning? stopped doing it when it got cold huh? right so i'm like <laughs> right. fuck me but in my head i'm thinking of 75 hard i'm thinking over here like okay what if i did 75 kind of hard <laughs> and i had beer like three times yeah. a week is that okay yeah. like, like i don't know i'm like it's all what works for you that's man. what i'm saying man yeah. yeah so nick as always thank you for supporting thank you for coming out and talking with us today i mean what you shared was incredible i knew that it would be and uh the next time you go out walking in 20 degree below <laughs> you. zero Goodbye weather you. let me know i will five miles you said you I, I will layer up and i will consider like force gump yeah God, I, I didn't know you did just that and i probably will have some questions off the air about this <laughs> oh shit but seriously though man no i love you thank you for coming in and uh, it was great to talk about your dad too and i'm sure everybody listening will learn something so uh for my man nick sansone and for the natty king until next time on street smart love you